ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. A proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network or the DAP network, as you will, which obviously we will. Uh, this, of course, we've got a great show for you lined up today. I've got my co host with me again here, Scott Sidlow. How's it going tonight, Scott? Andrew, back and ready to rock. It's always nice having uh, our rotation there, getting a little week off, watching some football. And then, boom, right back to it. Got some good stuff for you tonight. I've got a couple things um, I want to kind of rant about a little bit. So they will be quick rants, I promise. But it, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, um, you know, just NFL-wise and uh, Dynasty, of course. So I'd like to get into a couple of things tonight. Ready to rock. Oh, bring the heat, Scott. You know I love it when you bring some controversy. Let's do it. Uh, this week we've got a great guest too. We're bringing on uh, one one of the I think I almost say like one of the people that brought me into the industry. Like back in the day, we've got David Heilman, Dynasty Dorks, coming at you here. How's it going tonight, David? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I was excited when you invited me on, and uh, I'm very excited about the content we're going to put out tonight. The questions were really fun to kind of think about. Um, so looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, hopefully we can get in some good discussion in between Scott's rants and uh, help some of our listeners come out with some ideas. This is kind of that time of year, and, and I wrote an article this week even about it. This is that time of year where I feel like trades kind of died down the last week or so, maybe even into the next week. But then as trade deadlines come up, it just explodes. So I think what we're, I said was the calm before the storm, because I think last week I had maybe like one trade in all of my leagues. Like there was just nothing. You know what I mean? And this week, I've already got two done. I've got another one on the way. I feel like this is when we start to see that churn start to happen. You start seeing people kind of make an all-in push and and kind of see what we can get into. So we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. I do want to cover a little bit of the news. There was some breaking news today. I'm glad that they did it before the show and not on Friday after. I love when they do that and help us out. Um, I think the biggest news is Cam is back in Carolina. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming. I, I'm shocked at that. David, what were your thoughts on this? Are you, are you a fan of Cam being back in Carolina? Yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, one, it added some spice to your uh, Superflex leagues because Ooh, yeah. some people, you know, I picked him up in my Scott Fishbowl, um, for my Scott Fishbowl team after Jameis was out. I got Tam- Taysom Hill and now I got Cam Newton. Um, but people unfortunately probably spent a little fab on on philip walker thinking they're going to get him for four to six weeks and then all of a sudden cam's back so that throws it out there but we haven't seen cam and and the the joe brady offense um so i want i think that'll be fun um and i think anyone with dj Moore is um 
it can't. I don't think it was going to be better with Philip Walker. I think it's going to be better, <laughs> at least the better or the same with Cam Newton. Um, and Cam, he's had some time off. Now he's he's ready to go. Yeah, maybe this rest is what he needed. I guess Scott, are you on that same page where it can't get any worse? So why not? Let's give Cam a chance. Something like that. I mean, yeah, it's there's. <laughs> it was hard for me to find a situation where I would be even remotely not even excited would be the word, but like interested, right? Like that it's even a blip on the radar. I mean, Cam kind of looked toast last year, even really a couple of years ago, to be honest with you. I mean, just his body is just taking a beating, you know? And, um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's a cool story, you know, going, kind of going back to where it all started. And yeah, you, you're right, David, the, the Joe Brady offense, man, let's see Cam sling it again. You know, let's let's see him go out there and throw. Remember that rookie year? He had like four thousand yards. We're like, man, this dude could throw it. You know, like let's see if he has any of that left. It, it might be it might be interesting. It might be fun. You know. Again, I think it just I keep coming back to it can't be worse, right? Let's see what happens. Let's <laughs> give it a try. Like that offense has been piss poor. I'll say it. Like just been terrible. Robbie Anderson, where'd you go? You know what I mean? Like even DJ Moore has been kind of dropping in dynasty value. So I think it's it can't help raise some of that value i think too i mean pj walker's starting this week is what they said which makes sense because cam's just now getting signed and and i mean there is a chance maybe he starts one more week while cam's still getting ready or something and cam's not necessarily the youngest sprite out there maybe he has a bad game or gets injured or something and pj still comes in so i'm not necessarily panic dropping pj if i can hold him i can i will i mean I'd rather have him than guys like Andy Dalton or Cooper Rush or some of these other quarterbacks you might have picked up, right? Like, I don't know. It's not not the worst idea. Um, he's not the best quarterback. I mean, he's an XFL kind of guy. He's definitely a backup level. But in Superflex, this time of year, you get kind of desperate. You know, you're getting through buys, some injuries. And, yeah, like you said, you're looking at things where it's like, I guess, yeah, I'll start Cam. Why not? Like, he's better than Taylor Heineke this week or, you know, whoever. So. Well, something that's, you know, in the beginning of the season, we thought we were going to have some some good dynasty quarterbacks coming up through the ranks. And we click, quickly learned with the college landscape, it's not what we thought it was going to be. And it looked like we had an abundance of good quarterbacks. All of these quarterbacks, the preseason hype was crazy. Then Spencer Rattler, then Sam Howell. And then all of a sudden it's like the house is on fire. <laughs> yeah um you yeah. know so you know cam newton as much as you know he seems like he's 57 years old he's still not that old um and he could try to you know he's going to try to play himself into another contract and it you know it'll be interesting to see whether it's with carolina or somebody else but he's auditioning and right. so cam's gonna he's coming to play well, he got a pretty good contract too. So I feel like it's, it's a very it's, nice contract. It's more than I expected for a half season rental or even a six week rental, to be he honest. He got more from them than he did the Patriots. Yeah. Well, and, and he got the same contract that Andy Dalton got for the Bears. You know what I mean? Like he, this is a contract you usually give a guy that's your starter, or at least a, you know, a full year backup. And I, I'm not sure he's signed for, I mean, he's going to play the rest of this year, I guess, but who knows? Yeah. And I mean, I, I said it on Twitter today. I literally, this morning I was making a, a waiver claim. I was picking somebody up off a free agency somewhere and I all, I clicked Cam Newton to drop him. And I was like, eh, I don't know. He still might come back somewhere. And I switched it to drop Nikhil Harry instead. Right. Where I'm like, I think Harry's done. He's toast. I don't need him anyway. And I, it literally was like an hour later that Cam Newton signed. I'm like, Oh, 
You're welcome, everybody. All I had to do is click that box and then unclick it. That's all it took. <laughs> so, I mean, I, he has been not, not in the news at all. Like, he hasn't been mentioned. No one's talking about him. Like, he's never even been sniffed anywhere. So it was just, I don't know, pure luck today. So I loved hearing that. The other big piece of news, I, we can't go on without talking anymore about OBJ. Everybody thought for sure he was going to the Packers. He was going to the... I don't know, going to the Chiefs, he's going to the Patriots. Like there were probably 10 teams that were listed as like very viable options. Nope, none of that. He ends up signing with the LA Rams. I, I'm surprised. I don't think they they need any more help with receiver there. I don't know if this does this help Stafford and that's it. I mean, I'm 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 not sure what to make of this. Scott, what was your first reaction on that news when you heard it? Just stupid. Stupid. <laughs> it's yeah. Okay. Who just complained their way out of LA because they only got two targets? Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Okay. They couldn't. I mean, DJX can still run. He's still pretty, pretty fat. I know he's old, but he's still flying out there. I mean, they couldn't give him any playing time. And now OBJ is all of a sudden good. It, it makes zero sense to me. I don't understand it. Um, all this is one of those moves like normally. Um, look at what they did just bringing in Von Miller a week ago and like they're going all in and going for the Super Bowl and all that and I can I can respect and appreciate that and they're taking a they're taking a totally different approach you know everybody wants the draft picks all that and they're saying screw the picks we're taking the players we're you know what that's that's cool like change it up do something different you know see if it works out and obviously they're on the right track I think this year um but to me this is this is a a move that I I don't know, like, can it get better? I, I think it. I think it can only get worse. I think this is a move that's that can only backfire. It cannot. How's it going to take you to the next level? What's it going to? Cooper Cup is not. It, what is he not doing for you? Literally just blowing the league away this year, right? Robert Woods, you know what you're getting from him every week. Van Jefferson stepping it up tight ends the running backs catch the ball like what what could this do like you're bringing this guy into a locker room you know he's been a cancer everywhere he's been i it just it makes zero sense to me i don't understand it um i don't know unless robert woods like tore his acl and we don't know about it i mean i just i have no idea how this makes sense how he fits with the offense i guess he's going to take van jefferson's role who he's been playing the same amount of snaps um, as Woods and Cup, so I guess. But what's he gonna do other than complain? Like I don't, I don't get this. I don't get it at all. I'm right there with you. I think this definitely hurts Higby and Jefferson more than anyone. But I think it lowers the ceiling on Cup and Woods too. I mean, it, it for fantasy, this doesn't help anybody but Stafford, and it's only very minimally that it helps Stafford, right? I mean, we didn't see any help for Baker when when OBJ went there. So he was out there dropping passes him. when he did get targets. So and he's I don't, demanding things, and he's a diva, and there's locker room disturbance. Like, and and does anybody remember who the Rams took with their second round pick last year? Tutu Atwell, a receiver. Like, what are you, what are we doing with all these receivers? You know, you can't start receivers everywhere, right? Like, you can't just line a receiver up at center and call it a day. Like, I, this 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 whole thing blew my mind too, David. Where were you at with this? Is this something that you saw coming? Did you predict this, or is this entirely out of left field for you too? <laughs> yeah, um, I I definitely didn't have the Rams um, <laughs> in my in my top five six teams um ironically my my cousin did like one of the first things in our group chat when obj got what was like how long until he goes to the rams and he was just joking because the rams are the super team right now 
And, you know, then of course, you know, everybody was getting kind of, it was getting down to the last couple teams and Rams were not talked about. And then even when it was announced, then there was like a hold up, wait, never mind, he's on the fence. And then it was like, no, for real, he is going to the Rams. I'll I'll say this, um, you know, obviously I think this is a, it's a, there is an opportunity to sell here because there are people that are, Oh my God. Yes. There are people that are excited about it and I'm, I'm not completely against it. I I think, you know, people were like, what is Antonio Brown doing going to the bucks and he's not going to do anything. He's been okay. Um, And he's a much different receiver than Deshaun Jackson. He's got, he can run the full complement of routes. Um, But yeah, it's going to hurt Van Jefferson. It's going to hurt Higby. But he definitely does not have the ceiling that he would if he were to go to the Chiefs or the Packers. Um, you know, the Browns obviously were a bad fit. Um, it was a bad fit under Freddie Kitchens. It was a bad fit. Um, and as a Giants fan, I fully understand the locker room and the ego and all the other stuff that goes with it on top of the injury concerns. Um but obviously, you know, if Woods or Cup were to go down, OBJ would be a good insurance policy for them right now. Um, and he's a third option on a team that, um, you know, obviously has no problems on offense. And uh, their defense is pretty good. They're one of the more balanced teams. So, I mean, I don't really know how it puts them over the top because, you know, I feel like there's other areas they could they could really use an offensive lineman at the trade deadline. Um you know, but they got they got Von Miller, which was really nice. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I, I do have you know OBJ on a few of my my dynasty squads, and I'm going to test the waters and see what I can do to to sell them for sure. Well, is now the time, or do you wait a week and just see if you know wait, maybe he gets on the field, maybe he gets a little more hyped? I mean, now it's kind of all optimism and and hope and all this, and maybe this is the best time. But maybe he plays well, I, a week and gets six catches for 80 yards. I mean. Of course, he, he gets one catch on nine targets and dies. I mean, like, literally, we don't know that, what that's, happened That's here, where right? you, you test the waters and you see, because you might be able to get out from under him before it's too late. But if he goes out there and puts up a dud, then the people that were already concerned are now, they're digging their heels in. Yep. So I did, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of look through throughout the show and see what I can find. But I threw out there earlier, let me see them OBJ trades. Like, what's going on right now? And I got, of course, some sarcastic um, <laughs> remarks. But... I did get some actual trades that were sent so I can read them off to the guys. Um, so you guys can kind of hear what's going out there. Um, like this one, I, I got a 2023 first proposed to me. Yeah. What? I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'd be happy to take that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, we talked, we talked a few weeks ago about players. You, what do you do with? And he was one because, it's been two years that we haven't been able to get anything for him at this point. I mean, man, I, I might be, I, I might smash a second, like well, even 22. I mean, I just got to get rid of this guy. Well, so here's what I'm looking at DLF trade finder. They have one yesterday, Beckham. This is yesterday. So it's before the news that he signed, but it was very close to signing. Everybody knew he was going somewhere. It's Beckham for Trey Sermon and a third. <laughs> like that feels very fair. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. have a clue which side I want on that, but the fact that that then equates to, and it's a one QB league, but still that does equate okay. to a 2023 first. Who man, like that is, that is a sell price. I yeah, would definitely like this, sell so, for so a, a first FF, 
FF Junkie, which is, you know, close enough to the show. Um, <laughs> he sent Rager a fourth and a 23 second and received OBJ and Conklin. So, uh, okay. Overpay, but was also doing it, ex- you know, expecting him to go to a contending team. Um, this one was okay. two seconds before the move. Um, two second, you know, two. It was. It didn't say whether there were twenty threes or twenty seconds. Right. It said two second round picks. Well, I think what what we're seeing here is the Rams are doing what we're probably going to talk about today. Is that if you're contending, go get players that are scoring points, right? And it yep. kind of is a is a real life version of what we see in Dynasty a lot, where there are teams that are you're like, why are you making that trade? Like, what are you doing? Or like, why are you picking that guy up? Like, you don't need that. Nope, it's points. I'll take it. And the Rams clearly don't like the draft picks. They they just don't want to deal with the draft. And again, in Dynasty, there are there are managers in every single league that I'm in that just trade every pick away. And I have one league, I think, as soon as I got my picks, as soon as I got my 23s, I traded all them away, too. I'm like, screw it. I don't want to deal with it. Like some leagues, I'm just like, nope, I don't want any of them just because it's more fun to trade them away and like go for the whole thing. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's interesting to see. I am curious to see what happens with Beckham. I am also going to be testing the waters this week. I put him on the trade block in one league where I was just like, come get him. You know what I mean? If you want him, let me know. And I think some of that is is it's a very passive way to do it. And there's some ups and downs, pros and cons. Do you use the trade block? Does yeah. it work? But my logic is that sends an email to the whole league saying, I've got him. If you want to, if you want to know who's got him, it's me. And I'm interested in selling him. That's something, right? I'm not putting like Jamal Agnew, come get him. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. This is an actual potential league winner if he is the OBJ of three years ago. Mm-hmm. If he's not, okay, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing the same. I'm gonna be testing the water. So uh, from there, I want to get into some of these injuries. We've had a, a lot, but not a ton this week. I do think there are some from last week that I want to kind of get into and just make sure, I guess, where we are with it. But And we don't need to go too far in the weeds on some of these. I'm just kind of curious, I guess. Uh, the, the other QBs are the ones that I, I'm looking at mostly. And obviously with Darnold out, P.J. Walker is starting this week. we got Cam joining that team. But I'm still – is P.J. Walker worth starting in Superflex? Are we even considering him, Scott, in some of your leagues? I know you've got a lot of them. Or Are you that desperate? So I, he was a guy that I picked up a couple years ago that I grabbed a whole bunch because it was just grab him off waivers, stash him. He knows the system. Matt Rule knows him. We don't know what's going on there. And remember, this was when they had Bridgewater and we didn't know, you know, who was going to even be the quarterback. Um, after I saw him play a little bit, yeah, I have zero interest. Zero. <laughs> yeah. um, he's just not, he's, he's just not an NFL caliber quarterback um really uh really good dude um i've heard like interviews with him he's 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 cool i like him good dude but unfortunately for our fantasy teams um yeah no interest i i'd rather you know colt mccoy or you know if murray's out type of thing i mean and pretty much anyone else like literally i i would honestly there's almost no quarterback that i i wouldn't start like in the super flex spot right I would start a quarterback 99.99% of the time. PJ Walker's the one guy I would probably start anyone else over. Well, so, yeah. Well, if you have like a PJ Walker or Kenyon Drake, you're going Drake. Kenyon Drake. You know what I mean? Like that's not, yeah, exactly. Like there are some of those guys that you're just like, I don't like that at all. But if you get that, like your 11th player on a start 11 team and you're looking at that or like Van Jefferson or PJ Walker in Superflex. You know what I mean? Like I might start Van Jefferson. I think he's got hundred percent this week, but right. now that OBJ is there. Well, that's what I mean. Like that's a tricky one. Right. But it, this is kind of where I'm saying like some of those guys where it's like in that man, that's not pretty. I don't like getting, but you're going pretty far down to get to Van Jefferson. You know what I mean? So 
you know, I know there's bye weeks and everything going on right now, so you might not have someone else. So you, you you're better off starting the quarterback in those cases. But well, I've seen uh, some rosters I, that are just decimated with injuries too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's just nobody left, and they had maybe they were starting Darnold and Rodgers, and Rodgers isn't sure if he's going to play at all this week. And it's like, well, maybe I put PJ in there for some sort of quarterback. I mean, you never know what you're dealing with some of these guys. But David, are you on that same page? Is is PJ someone you're even thinking about this week? No, and I'm I'm in that uh, boat in our in a contract league where um, I, my only other option is Zach Wilson, and he's he's hurt. But I'm like I'm mm. gonna play someone else. I was able to get Dearness Johnson, so I'll put Dearness Johnson in that there spot over him. Um, so yeah, so the, I, I'm the same same boat. I feel like you're 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 not gonna get the upside that you're looking for with a quarterback. No, I agree. And I think that's a perfect segue because Dearness is obviously on this list, too, because his teammates, Nick Chubb and Dimitri Felton, I believe, are both potentially out this week. They didn't test negative today, apparently, because that would have come out and everybody would have known. Um, that makes me nervous. If it, if it wasn't today, then that's another positive. That's not good, right? It's not a false positive. I mean, we saw it last week with Barkley and a couple other Giants players that were, you know, tested negative or tested positive, then tested negative the them. next day. Yeah. And so they were all eligible to play, but we didn't hear anything today. I was thinking today we'd hear Chubb tested negative. He'll be okay, but they don't have enough time. I mean, if he tests negative the next two days, that's his only chance. So I think it's Dearness Johnson time. So, I mean, yeah, you were just saying you're starting him. I've got him in a couple leagues that I picked him up for cheap and hell yeah, throw him in there as a flex. You know what I mean? Like maybe even an RB2 in some leagues because it's that time of year where you just look at it and go, Man, but yeah, I mean, Dearness Johnson, I think, could be a beast. He did well. Uh, wasn't that a Thursday game a few weeks ago? Yeah, I think, right? Thursday night, he dropped like yeah. you know 150 yards. Yeah, yeah. Scott, do you have any Dearness Johnson across your portfolio of leagues? Yeah, I, I have. I have quite a bit. Um, unfortunately, he was. Uh, I had him and Dontrell Hilliard um, mm. about two years ago. I was adding them everywhere, and just as kind of you know, just where I grab running backs and I stash them stick them on taxi squad where I can, whatever. And this year after seeing, you know, the Chubb hunt deal, it was like, well, these guys are never going to play. And so, you know, they would, they would be at the end of my bench and I'd cut them. And then of course all this happened. And I was like, Oh man, I had so many more shares. Um, but yeah, I'm starting Johnson quite a few leagues and, um, fully confident in his capability to produce. So especially with the running back landscape right now, I mean, Honestly, to me, he he's locked and loaded. He he'll be in every lineup where I have him well, for sure. And we've seen what the team does with him when they get you know when when he's the guy. He did well, yeah. and that was with Felton in the game. I mean, Hunt's out, Chubb's out, Felton's out. It's load up on on Johnson. And I think too, Landry's kind of dinged up. They just got rid of OBJ. Like they got Peoples Jones. They got Njoku. But I mean, like that uh, that offense Peoples is going to Peoples Jones tight ends, man. Yeah, Peoples Jones missed today uh, for personal reasons. Ah, there you oh, go. No. See, see, like it's just, it's getting even worse. Well, that let's let's use this as another kind of segue. Then is Baker worth starting? Because Baker's hurt a little bit too, right? He's got a shoulder injury or something. I mean, do we start anybody but Dearness on the Browns? I mean, is there anybody else on that offense? That Not in a one quarterback in? league. Baker's yeah. the streamer. Uh, that's it. I mean, not only is he injured, but there's not a high pass volume team. Yeah, he doesn't run enough. They don't pass the ball enough. There's just really not a lot of upside. And, um, you know, he just doesn't have the weapons. Um, yeah, in a super flex league, of course, I mean, you're you're probably don't have too many options. But uh, in a one-quarterback league, yeah, Baker's 
I'm not even really that excited about it if he's my second quarterback. Okay, so how about this? I have Burrow on by. I'm starting Hurts. Darnold's out. So it's either Goff or Baker. Where are you going? Goff at Pittsburgh or Baker? I'll take Goff. I'll take Goff. I, I think Goff is one of those Garbage quarterbacks that gets Goff. a lot of yeah, gets a lot of crap. But Pittsburgh's not terrific, and I think there could be some. I don't know. It could be some dump off passes to Hawkinson and Swift, right? I mean, like Goff always has some upside. I I would take Goff over. I would take Goff over Baker this week for sure. But I might even say for the season at this point. Like Who's I'm Baker just not sold. It's not sold on Baker. Uh, New England. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one on is. That one is really tough. Um. Yeah, uh, that one's really tough. And I have been the victim of uh, the Goff gar- garbage time Goff. I'm like, he didn't throw a single pass over the line of scrimmage and he got 90 yards in that drive. <laughs> like, mother. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, yep, that's golf for you. But again, perfect segue because the other running back group I wanted to talk about is the Patriots, right? We got Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both potentially missing games or missing time, missing practice at least with concussions. Um, they got, well, James White's out, right? So they got Brandon Bolden pretty much as the next guy up, maybe some DJ Taylor. Taylor, right? And those are guys that I'm sure Scott has everywhere for the same reason we've just been talking about stash and running backs. I mean, I, there is uh, there is one rebuilding team where I've been starting Brandon Bolden all year just because I, I don't I don't really care. I'm down to like nothing. And it's ironic because now I'm like, oh, crap. I mean, I, I got I'm still going to start him, but don't get points, man. What are you doing? Like, I don't You're probably going to ruin your first pick. You're going to have the 103 because of him. Well, yeah, I am. I am. Un, I am undefeated in that league, right? I'm zero and nine, and I'm like, I could, I could take a win at this point. It wouldn't be terrible, but I would not. I'm still not aiming for it. But I also feel I'm one of those players too. I'm one of those guys where I'm like, I, I can't bench him now. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like I've started him all year when he's had nothing, and I bench him. Like, no, I can't. So I'm still going to start him. But yeah, I'm going to be crossing my fingers for like you know two yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing, and just like, okay, good, that's it. Whew. But I mean, like, what are we thinking about for Harrison Stevenson? Are, are we worried about these guys, David? Are they somebody that you're kind of uh, pulling from lineups or worried about in general and making other moves this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I dropped um, Stevenson to pick up Cam today. Uh, and it's a super flex. It's a dealer's choice. So it's not exactly a super flex. It's got a super flex on it, but it's a dealer's choice. The top score picks what the flex is every week. Mm. So it'll be quarterback or receiver or running back. It's part of the real reality fantasy competition. And um, it was quarterback the first two weeks and I was good. I had Burrow. I had Kyler Murray. Then nobody picked quarterback again for like seven or eight weeks. So I completely (laughs) changed my strategy. But when the news came out for Cam, we happen to have open waivers today. If this was yesterday, I would have had to wait 24 hours. But I say, you know what, Stevenson, because even if Stevenson comes back off concussion protocol, if Harris comes back too, then it's not really much. But if Harris does not and he does come back, Stevenson, I think, could be very interesting. Well, that's what I was going to say. If, if Harris is out and Stevenson plays, Stevenson could be a beast and vice versa, right? If if, they're, if one of them plays, the other one, if the other one, if one's out, the other one's going to do well. And I think Bolden might get a couple carries. But I mean, if they're both out, obviously you're not going to start them if they're out. But it's like if they're both in, what do you do there? I mean, it's it's one of those running back uh, groups that we've had to deal with for what feels like forever. New England, they never tell you what's going to happen. And they they game plan so specific team to team. And, you know, their offense and defense are both schemed up so much. I mean, 
Oof. I mean, like worst case scenario, they're both healthy. And, and Scott, are you starting Harris with confidence, even if he's not inactive? I mean, is he somebody you feel like you can lean on after this week? No, it's he's he's actually done better than I thought he would this year. But I think part of that is James White going out and then they're yeah. kind of figuring out what they want to do with the different roles there. But, you know, he's been the clear first and second down back typically. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I only have a couple of shares and and where I do, I don't I don't have any other options. So I'm either going to yeah. start him or take a zero. Or maybe Deontay Foreman's on waivers, uh, but that's about that's about my only choice. Um, but if I have pretty much any other option, um, I, I will go the other yeah, direction. I, I, I'm putting Connor in instead of Harris in one league, which I didn't expect to be doing. But hey, Connor blew up. Edmonds is out. I mean that that offense is looking different. I mean as a as a kind of in a way a pivot on that one. I mean, is Hopkins going to play this week? Right? Murray might not play. Hopkins is still kind of dinged up. I mean. Are we worried about that high-powered Cardinals offense? I mean, what have you heard this week, David? I guess you may be more in touch with the injuries even. Like, is, is Hopkins a threat to miss again, or do you think he's actually going to play this week? Hopkins I'm more concerned about than I am Murray. Murray's, Same. The way that Murray's talking, he said he's feeling so much better and yada, yada. So I think he is is closer to playing. But Hopkins, he's been limited for a couple weeks, and I think that they just realized that, like, we might need to just shut him down for a little bit. And those soft tissue injuries, they take a little while. Um, so I, I I think Hopkins could miss a couple uh, a couple weeks. We were talking about like potential trades and stuff, and I was offered, you know, Hopkins, and I stayed away because I just, I don't know. Yeah, he makes me nervous, especially this week. And, I mean, again, if he misses this week, then he, you're right. He probably misses another one or two because, I mean – why risk it? Why hurry him back? But if he plays this week and gets re-injured, right? I mean, that's not good either. He's just a, he's an injury risk if he does play. I mean, that's sort of what we were just talking about before with Harris, where it's like, do I trust Hopkins? If he's playing, I'm starting him. He's that good of a player to me. I'm not going to bench him if he's in the, and if he's active, I'm playing him, but it, it's not going to feel good. You know what I mean? Like if, if we hear at 1130 that Hopkins is active at 1140, I'm going to be scratching my head going, Did I, I'm just going to leave him in there, but is that the right move? Like, oh man, I'm going to thinking about it for the next hour or two until he plays. So I mean, yep. yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting Sunday. But, Scott, are you kind of on that same page and a little nervous about Hopkins? Or are you, you know, where are you at with him? Yeah, as uh, one of my highest share wide receivers, <laughs> definitely um, it hurts. Um, it's, it's crazy to me how his value has just, like, plummeted. I mean, it, it was – there's a team I own uh, with – co-manage with um, a couple guys from the Dynasty Roast podcast. And we are somehow like an unstoppable force, but it's a 16-team league. So when you really have like one player who's killing it, you're going to win a lot. Um, And we're trying to get a running back or something. And and literally our best offer for DeAndre Hopkins, it's a contract league too, so it's a little bit weird. But this is what it came down to. It was Elijah Mitchell and a third, and it's a Debbie league. So that third is literally like, I don't know, some 18-year-old who's joining. You know, I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing. So Elijah Mitchell for DeAndre Hopkins was like our best offer. And I was like, no, like, why would you do Like, I, it just, uh, I just, I can't believe, um, I can't believe how far Hopkins value has fallen. And it, it just, 
it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, he's still an elite quarterback, still a passing offense. He's still a guy who can run great routes. And people are, the comment I keep getting is basically like, he's the new Julio. He's always hurt. You don't know if he's going to play. And I'm like, what? He's, is he? He's missed that many games? Really? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Recency bias. I'm a little salty about it, and I'm probably not looking at it with the right uh, lens, but I'm, I'm very, very annoyed at well, how little value he has currently. He was someone else I was pulling up on the trade finder on DLF because I was curious because I'm the same way. I've had a couple of offers on in one league. I had an offer come in. It was like, I want to say it was a second in, in Van Jefferson or something like that. Like one of those, not Van, but like another player sort of like that where it's like, I no, like I, but that's not a terrible offer if he never plays again or he's injured. So I'm looking it up here on Trade Finder, and there was one on Tuesday in a super flex league DeAndre Hopkins for Calvin Ridley straight up. Which one of those would you rather have, DeAndre Hopkins or Calvin Ridley right now? Hopkins. Scott, let's start with you. Yeah, Hopkins, Hopkins. right? David, are you on not the same close. page? Yeah, it's, it's Hopkins. Ridley's um, got way too much question right now. But like the fact that that to me that shows how low Hopkins' value is. Somebody who has Hopkins was willing to take the risk on Ridley. Granted, R- Ridley's younger, and if he was playing, that a, would a be year a smash younger. Except one, just well, but, one year. Correct. And we've had this discussion before. I know, I know. This is this is a thing that people get into. Is like age does it matter? I don't think it does for either one of them. But I'm looking at it more like Ridley is taking some time away from the game. It could be two more games. It could be three years. Right? He could. He be, could be retire. He could be the next yep. Andrew Luck and never play again. And that's where Hopkins is valued. Oh my goodness. You just, you have to follow the money though. Look at Hopkins contract, his dead money next year. His dead cap is 29.9 million in 23. It's 15.5 in 24. It's 7.75. Like literally he has three more years. Yep. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Nope. And he, nope. you know what? He's one of those guys that, it's it's not the speed it's not the physicality like he's a route runner he is incredible and especially the scrambling like that backyard football thing that like what we're talking about in chicago is how Allen robinson doesn't have that for justin field scrambling ability because he is a technician a route runner but he doesn't have that like scramble drill hopkins yeah. has that all day and with the perfect yeah. system yep. he's not going anywhere like it's so to you know what he he is the next Julio to me because he's gonna die on my roster. I'm not trading Damn. him ever. Well, he's I'm rolling with this, him. This all says is that you all should go try to trade for. It sounds like these guys can't trade for him because they have him. Um, but if you can trade for <laughs> Hopkins, I mean, it, it sounds like the the price is gonna be a lot. Even if you're not, you don't have to offer Elijah Mitchell or you know Calvin Ridley even if you offer something better, you're still probably not paying full price. Well, here's another one that just stood out to me. It's a one QB league, but again, it's Hopkins for Mike Williams and a second, a 22 second and Mike Williams for Hopkins. And like, I I look at that, like somebody is just getting out on Hopkins. They just don't want to, they don't want to deal with it anymore. And this was, this was like recent. This was two days ago. Yeah. Two days. Those are both safe league straight. You're getting, you're getting out to what? I, to a guy who can't stay healthy is inconsistent and he's a free agent. Like how, what are you getting out to? I don't, second, it makes no which sense. is not a guaranteed pick. I mean, like second rounders are not solid options. I mean, oh, you get in like a one quarterback league. I don't even yeah. want seconds. Honestly, yeah, like they just clog my roster. I don't even know what to do with them. There's, yeah, there's literally are, nobody past like pick nine. You know, yeah. Seconds are worth something in trades. That's no, about I, it. I'm not, I like I'm seconds not watching the game, but I just saw Jacoby Brissett is in serious pain with a knee injury right now. Yes. He is down right now. And, yeah, that could be. Is it Tua backing up? 
He is. Tua is putting his helmet on. So this could be an interesting twist <laughs> of, of a game. Because if Tua gets hurt or something, obviously it gets worse on that hand. We'll see. But to, to kind of get back to this, and we'll wrap up our injuries and move into the, the <laughs> trade talks because I do think we're kind of getting there anyway. But where I was going with some of this too is these are the kind of injuries that you can buy the dip on. I know nobody likes to buy an injury dip. And there's always this, I don't know, There's there, I feel like, especially on Twitter, there's this I told you so feeling, right? Where it's like, oh, you never should have traded for that guy. I told you not to buy the injury dip. And it's like, yeah, but I got four good games out of it. I'm like, you know, what, what the hell? Who's it? It depends, always depends on the price, right? Yeah. Twitter yep. is terrible at context. Twitter is terrible at nuance. All you have are people out there saying, buy DeAndre Hopkins. And it's like, okay, I'll send uh, Jonathan Taylor for DeAndre Hopkins. I bought DeAndre Hopkins. I did the thing. No, dude, price is everything, right? Like when we're saying to go buy somebody, or we're saying we're going to talk about this in a second here, but when we say to go get somebody, it's not overpay for that person. If we're saying to sell somebody, we're not saying sell for a third round Debbie pick. You know what I mean? Like, Go do the right valuation. Go get somebody that you think is going to be on the rise or someone that is going to help your team. And I think a lot of times, especially on Twitter, it's all about dunking. And it's like, you never should have bought DeAndre Hopkins. Like, well, what if I sent Mike Williams in a second for DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, oh, that's okay. I'm like, then shut up out there. Like, what do you, you can't be blanket with this. Like every single one of these players has their own valuation. Every manager in fantasy has their own valuation. It's so hard to give trade advice. And I know we all do it where people ask us questions and it's like, I need more info. Like, does your league trade a lot? Does your league uh, value picks at all? Or do you have people that know what they're doing? Are there three people that are phoning it in? Like, all that stuff matters, but nobody has time for that. You don't type all that out. Nobody reads it. So it's like, we just have to give generic answers. Like, I guess go get Pittman. I don't care what the price is at this point. Just go pick up Michael Pittman. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you got to be careful with that stuff. So with that in mind, and again, unless there's a rant you want to go on before we jump into this, Scott, I want to get into some of this. We're trade talks. We, we've talked about trades every week. This is something in the junkies is, is kind of our, our, our battle cry is, is trade uh, being a part of the DAP network. You know, obviously our brother over there, the trade addicts pod with Russ and Rocky uh, you know, they, they do this for a living. Right. So we're kind of on that same, same vein, but I always like to look at this. Like if it is a trade deadline, if you're looking and you've got week 12, week 13, I've even had some that were defaulted at week 10 or 11, which is odd. And we've talked in the chat and moved it back because, you know, the league has moved a, a whole extra week. But like if you're a contender, what kind of trades are you looking for, David? If you're if you're looking to kind of make that final push, what sort of things should you be looking out for and help some of our listeners? Maybe they're not quite all the way junkies yet. Maybe they're just brand new junkies. Maybe they're still learning how to play Dynasty. But like what kind of trades are you looking for when you try to, you know, make that title? run? Yeah, I mean, when when you're when you're going for that title run and you want to. So first thing you need to do is kind of assess what your needs are. And then you need to look and see who are the sellers. Cause I'm not going to go over to Andrew who's seven and one and say, Hey, are you selling? He's not. Yeah. Yep. But you know, Scott's sitting over there and he's like, he's, you know, one and seven I'm like, Hey man, I'm in need of a tight end. What are you looking for? You know, find your weakness, you know, find out what your weaknesses go from there. And when you're looking for depth pieces, you're going to want to look for value because I'm not going to pay a whole bunch of draft capital for a guy that's going to sit on my bench. So if I'm, if I'm picking up a starter, I'll pay more. But if I'm picking up someone that's just for depth, hey, man, you know, what, what's it going to cost for Cordero Patterson right now? No one's looking at Cordero Patterson like they are Jonathan Taylor. It's not going to cost you the same amount of money. So 
you know, especially just, on a rebuilder, like if a rebuilding team that's selling, I would, if I'm rebuilding and I have Cordero Patterson, I am trying to get him off my roster for as yep. much as I can to a contender, right? Cause he's 30. He could do this for a couple more years, but if I'm rebuilding, give me youth. I'm with you hundred percent. I, I got rid of, I got rid of, I got, I got Cordero Patterson for a second round pick and Kenneth Gainwell. I don't mind that at all. I think that's a pretty good value. So, um, you know, and then opposite, I was in another league where I'm selling and I sold, I sold him for a second round pick and Elijah Mitchell. There you go. Yeah. I like that too. So, I mean, you can, you can go both ways with it, but again, you're looking at some of these guys where you're, you're assessing the guy and saying he's not a long-term person. I'm not going to say, Hey, Scott, I'm going to throw you a fourth round pick for it. Like you still got to give him something that's worth it. But looking at his roster, he's rebuilding. He wants young players and picks. So I'm not going to target his young players. I'm going to offer him picks for his older players that he's, you know, and I want to be aggressive because not only am I trying to get this deal done for me, but I'm trying to block Andrew. Right. When I was even going to bring that up, like you mentioned it a little bit, like, but know your audience, right? Know your league, find the guys that you think might be trading. And and honestly, you hit on this too, but like find your weakness, but go find your opponent's weaknesses. Like if, if I go out there and I look and you're seven and one and I'm six and three, you know, and you're like seven and two and I'm, I'm one game behind you. And I look and I notice you have uh, George Kittle as your tight end. Right. And that's maybe that's it. And you've had a rough year, but you've gotten lucky with some other guys or whatever. But I'm like, George Kittle's been hurt. He might be a good asset. You might be feeling kind of confidence. You may not be looking for a tight end. Well, maybe that's when I go out and I get Waller. I go trade for someone else like that because I'm like, well, that's not somebody that you're looking for. Maybe I can get one by you on that. Cause you don't want to be in the same market as other contenders if you can help it. Cause then the price just goes up. Right. Yep. So I like to do some of that too. And it, it does spend a little more time to do that. You know, it takes a little bit of effort and for someone like Scott, who's in 40 leagues, that may not be something you have time for with a, a new kid at home. So it's like, well, maybe there are some shortcuts to this. Right. So I guess, Scott, how do you prioritize some of this? If you're on those teams where you're contending, how do you kind of shortcut this or what's your, your, you know, go-to move on some of this? So in the non-point scoring season or early on in the season, I generally am targeting players specifically. So I'll look for value dip, something like that, and I'm sending out a lot of blind offers. I may go into 10, 20, 30 leagues and just throw out a second round pick for this player. And we'll see. Do I get, you know, a couple counters? Do I get a couple accepts? You know, we'll see what we get. Now, as we start getting, to, especially to the last couple weeks here, um, I'm definitely putting in time, but the thing is, it's not in all 46 leagues because there are leagues where I'm, I'm not contending or I'm not, you know, uh, I don't, maybe I don't have the assets to make a move or whatever. Right. So I'm really able to focus in on, in those like 10 or 15 leagues where I can, I can get to that point. Um, I did a lot of trades actually the last probably 10 to 14 days, like a lot. Um, Definitely volume is up here as we get to this point of the year and injuries and all that. Uh, It was very, see, the thing is my average trades were way down from like, say weeks four to six or seven there. Like I was going to point out how I'm like not getting any trade offers. It's so weird to be in that many leagues and not get an offer. Like, Mm -hmm. is that crazy? Like what's 46 times? Yeah. Is my email You know, I mean, how many... How many opponents are out there? And I'm not getting any offers. Like, this is so weird, right? It's just a very weird year. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just it just exploded. And 
Um, I'm, I'm still sending blind offers, but it's exactly what David was saying. You're, you're targeting the team. I'm looking at the teams that are like just lost three in a row. You know, they, they've, they're on a downward spiral. Maybe they're like annoyed or pissed and you're like, all right, let's, let's go. They're on tilt. Let's go take advantage. Let's see who we can, a veteran we can get rid of. Cause they're thinking, oh, I just lost three in a row. I'm not going to win. So, you know, do they go, uh, maybe I'll get rid of this guy or whatever. Cause I'm definitely still looking for value. Um, the one thing I, if, if there's one takeaway that I can give you today, it's that I am not an all in guy. I just, I don't find very many, just maybe because of the way that I play or the way I build my rosters. Like I have a lot of young cores that generally maybe over, um, maybe they do better than they should have. And so I don't want to give up a lot of youth uh, or a lot of future assets if my team's still young, where I can truly build a dynasty. Like I want to win three or three out of four. Uh, so I am very, very rarely, and I can't really remember the last time that I've done like a quote unquote all in trade, like where I'm just giving up like all my picks and, and all my youth and buying James Conner or something. I mean, I'm, I'm just not, right. I'm not doing that. Um, so I'm still looking for value, even even in areas where I have a definite need. Um, you still have to target the teams that you're likely to get it from, and you have to maybe you have to pay the right value. But I'm typically not overpaying unless it's a very very rare scenario where I'm one piece away. Because what happens is that one piece tears his ACL next week, and then you just screwed yourself next year too. You know what I mean? So I just I, I can't do it. I just or that one piece is Miles Gaskin who's done nothing tonight, right? Like or that one piece that you get, like you trade something, like even if it's like a second for like I don't know, like a Devin Singletary like last year. You know what I mean? One of those kind of like, well, you know, I could use a little running back depth. Let me try to pick, and then that guy doesn't do anything anyway, and you're like, damn, I wish I would have held the pick. So I'm, I'm kind of with you in my general thesis and what I usually do. And I think we've talked about this so much. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but obviously there's production value and there's trade value. Right. And I think a lot of times I look at trade value almost all year round, except for right now. Now is kind of where I pivot to production value being a little bit more important. I don't mind losing on a trade in the sense of value on a calculator or whatever as much it right now. Yeah. If I feel like it helps my team, it helps my lineup. If I've got buys or injuries that are kind of making it rough. But like if I'm seven and two and I've got, you know, Burrow on a buy this week and I'm going up against the other guy who's seven and two, I might make a trade to bolster that lineup for that one week and sacrifice a little of my future to add to this week because that is a two game win if I win. Right. Because I win the game and they lose the game. Right. So mm-hmm. like some of that context, I think, comes into play. And I think a lot of times, too, people look at it and I don't think anybody in Dynasty talks about who are you facing this week because it's a long game. Right. It's never who it doesn't matter who you're facing. It doesn't just play your best lineup. I, I yeah. will literally play it like redraft. And we've talked about this over and over. This is the type of year. This is where you get to that season where you have to put your feet down and go, we have got to win this. I don't care what yeah. the future looks like. I am still, I'm with you though, Scott. I'm not giving everything away. I'm still worried about the future, but not as much, right? Like I'd much rather win a title and 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 lose that third round pick that I didn't care about anyway, than hold that third and maybe trade it for someone later and not win the title. Like, no, no, give me somebody, give me a little guy. Connor, I think you can get Connor for a third in some leagues. Like, I guarantee you, there are definitely some rebuilding teams that have him that are like, you know what, I'll take whatever I can get. I don't know if he he's had an injury history of his own. Like, like maybe there are some teams out there. And I again, blanket statements are terrible for this. 
But I feel like some of that stuff, like that blind offer, like send Connor for a third. What do you get back? You're like, oh, okay, well, give me so-and-so and your third, and I'll give you Connor. Okay, here, bench player for well, Connor. That's what I was going to ask is what's Connor's value? Because he's a kind of a perfect candidate for someone that it's, it's a – you're a contender. You're looking for something because he's not someone you're going – you're going, this is going to be a long-term fix. Nope. But you but just – you know, you just lost, you know, whoever it was. You know, you just lost one of your running backs for the season, and you want to pick someone up. Like you had, you had Chase Edmonds. Now you go get Connor, and would you guys pay a late second for James Connor? I probably would in the right team. Yeah, and I'm looking it up here on DLF. This is why it was going this direction. Like if you send a third and they counter with a player and a third, right? Well, there are some trades really recent. Even today, there was Tony Pollard and a second or 23 second for James Connor, and I'm like, that sounds about right. Like a 23 second is kind of like a 22 third, right? You got that lost time, and I'm again, it's not equivalent. The classes are different. But I'm looking at like that's exactly the kind of trade I'm talking about. Pollard's probably seeing your lineup, but I'd much rather have Connor this year. He's he's actually doing something. He's got a better chance to help my team and sending yep. that 23 second. Okay, fine. This other one, I love this one. Connor for Rashad Penny and a 22 second. Uh, it's like, shh, give me Connor in uh, a heartbeat on that one. You know what I mean? Like yep. Rashad Penny is pretty much nothing. A 22 second is probably as much as I'll pay, but Penny's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind that at all. So yep. those are the kind of trades I'm trying to move where it's like potential youth or future pick or somebody with hope. You know what I mean? Like one of those guys that has a, a maybe next year is Rashad Penny's year and a second. Sure. That's worth it for Connor. Yeah. And like just to position wise, contenders are going to buy running backs and rebuilders are going to buy receivers. Bingo. And, yep. you know, like if you're if you're a seller, that's kind of that's how, you know, you need to look at it and basically like get rid of all of your running backs. Yep. Um, you know, unless you got Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris on your, on your bench, like you're getting rid of all your running backs. Um, when something, I know you even mentioned this in, in some of your notes here, David is something I like to do when I'm contending as I consolidate when I'm rebuilding, I expand. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm rebuilding, I'll, I'd much rather trade like a Keenan Allen for three pieces. Right? Yeah. Like give me three ascending assets for one declining. Cause then it gives me a more of a chance to regain that value. I don't mind waiting the time, but if I'm contending, I'd rather trade those, those slowly increasing assets at the bottom of my bench for someone who actually might make my lineup. Right. It's the same logic. Like running backs are always the thing you get rid of. I completely agree. When you're rebuilding, you don't need a running back on your roster. There is no so, benefit to you. So to just a, a side note. So um, I, I completely forgot about a trade that I made yesterday and so when you told me Miles Gaskin didn't do anything, I was like, crap, because he's he's with one of my running backs in that real reality, and I have to play three running backs this week. But no, I traded him for TJ Hawkinson yesterday. So there you it's go. a redraft league. Um, but wow. nice. for a second, I thought I had a Miles Gaskin did nothing, and then I realized I got out. Finally, I missed <laughs> my window the first time. So the next time I had it, and so yesterday he tried to get, um, I think it was Josh Jacobs from me for, and I said, no, he said, I really need a running back. He said, I, I, maybe I'll do Gaskin. I said, I'll send it. And he immediately I'm like, all right, so I'll straight up for Hawkinson day. straight up. And even in redraft, that's a, that's an easy smash. Right, I love yeah. yeah. And so now I'm trying to flip Goddard or Fant for something else. Love it. Yeah. Gaskin's got 10 yards so far through pretty much. A half always, always look to do moves. So like when I said, I did that move earlier. So I had Cordero Patterson traded him for a second round pick and Elijah Mitchell. I went and immediately flipped him Elijah Mitchell for a couple seconds. Cause someone really needed a running back. 
So always be looking to make moves, and one move can can easily be a chess piece to another move. Oh yeah, no, and we love w, 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 kind of like putting the the two step ahead, right? Like playing two D, three D, four D chess, and just sort of figuring it out. I think too, there are times where I've made trades like in chats or DMs where I say would you give two seconds for this? And they say, yes. And I'm like, all right, give me a minute. I got to go find another second. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have two seconds. Let me go get one. And like, that's the kind of stuff I love where it's like, I can't send that through the thing. I can't blind send two seconds, but if they're willing to pay that, great. Give me a minute. I literally can go to get a second for a lot of people on my bench. Let me just go get that and be done with it. You know what I mean? It ends up being and a three-way trade. The nice trade thing on. about being a rebuilder is you're not necessarily looking for specific pieces. You're just looking no. for capital. Yep. So I'm like, I don't even like this player, but I know other people do throw him on that trade and I'll accept. And next thing you know, I'm saying, Hey Scott, I saw you talking about, you know, this mm-hmm. guy on your podcast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw him your way, but yeah, it's, you know, a- acquiring assets and not just looking for specific pieces. Yeah. yeah. And I think this kind of goes into the, the next kind of topic I want to get into. And, and I think we've talked about it a couple different ways, but Scott, how do you craft a trade? How do you come up with the start of a trade? Like, where does your mind go first? Is it blind offers or is it league dependent? Because for me, it's kind of league dependent. But where are you at in general? Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's a league that, you know, I'm more active in that I know people, then I'll be having conversations. Um, I was just actually, before we jumped on here, I was just chatting with one of the guys about his, he's one of those guys who's lost three in a row, you know, and he's like thinking, oh man, I'm probably not going to get it this year. He's got a bunch of running backs. I need a running back, you know? And so we kind of had a conversation. Nothing's come of it yet, but at least we, we've started that dialogue. Right. And so my main theme to him is like, all right, maybe we don't make a deal right this second, but just know I'm looking for a running back. And so maybe you get an offer you like from someone else. I might, I might beat it, you know, type of thing. So we kind of have that dialogue open. Um, if it's, uh, you know, like safe leagues or something where, you know, you may not have the interaction you do in, in your local leagues, um, that's more where I'm just targeting those teams that are at the bottom and just, you know, throwing out offers and vice versa too, right? Teams where I'm I'm rebuilt. Like I have one where I'm, I'm still sitting on Melvin Gordon and I'm like, you know, 0 and 9. And I'm like desperately trying. So I'm like updating trade block like every every day. Like yeah. Melvin Gordon, he's available. Somebody <laughs> take him, you know, like. Yeah. Um, so it's constantly one of those things. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's definitely league dependent. Well, I just I, I bring this up and I think it's something that we, we talk a lot about how we build trades and especially during find me a trade. We go through a lot of that. So it's not like we need to get too in the depths of it. And we'll get into more of that, obviously, during that segment. But there was a trade I just pulled off today that. I feel like I, I don't think I won the trade. I don't want to, it's not like that kind of a thing, but it just gets me out from under some of the players I've been trying to trade all year and had no luck. Right. Where it's just like, I've had Gaskin and Connor on my team all year. I'm three and six. I'm, I'm I've got two first next year. I'm like, maybe I just punt a little bit. Like I'm not, I won last week or two weeks ago and I didn't want to, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh damn it. Like, so I'm going to be in the middle anyway. And I got somebody else's first. So I'm like, I sent Keenan Allen, Gaskin and Connor for a 22 first in Van Jefferson today, like just now before the show. And I'm like, I think I lost that trade on value, right? Allen is probably about a first, but Van Jefferson is not worth Gaskin and Connor. But in my mind, as a rebuilder, I couldn't get anything for them all year. No one was yeah, offering right. what I thought was fair value. And I'm like, I need to get these running backs off my team at some point. And he wouldn't take Allen for the first alone. It kind of built into this. And I was like, 
you know, give me a van and we'll call it a day. And it kind of went back and forth and all this. I'm like, I got the first. That's what I was really looking for. I get I, it sucks to lose Keenan Allen, but I also feel like that's a declining asset in its own right. Give me the pick. It'll it'll accrue value. It gets me out of that potential points problem. You know what I mean? Like there's a couple of other factors in every trade. And I don't yes. think putting a trade on Twitter and saying who wins this trade is kind of fun in my mind to see what the valuations are. But it's never like it matters to me where I'm like, oh, how dare I lost that trade? Like, it doesn't matter, man. Like each league is so unique. It doesn't really matter. But that one, I started out by putting all those guys in the trade block. I went in the group chat and I mentioned it. I said, hey, these guys are on the block. And I, I noticed there was a guy that had a had a first. He hadn't paid for the league yet. And I noticed that he hadn't, you know, he, he hadn't paid in safe leagues. You can't trade it. And I'm like, well, he's one of those that may not care about it. You know what I mean? Like, he just hasn't had the ability to trade it. It doesn't come up as an option, but it's not because he doesn't have it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, maybe I can get him to pay for the league and take Keenan Allen. He's six and three. He could, I mean, that's a that's the kind of person that's buying. And it ended up working out. Yeah. So nice. that was one of those where it was like a chat combo with trade block kind of start. But like, Every league is so unique. You know what I mean? Like, David, is that how you start? Do you tend to send a lot of blind trades? Or are you more of a chatter like Scott? Yeah, I mean, most of the leagues that I'm in, I know the like, I, I, I'm with, you know, my buddies or whatever. Or I at least know, like, so then I'll just I'll throw a chat up. But in the leagues where I don't know people, then, yeah, I'll throw the blind offers out there because I'm not, I'm not going to be like, hey, I don't know you. How was your day? And it's like, right. listen, I want to make a trade. Um, so I'll throw it out there. But yeah, I'm I'm very much, you know, I, I stay active in the group chats and things like that. And so when it comes down to it, you know, I'll throw it out there. Um, some of the things I do for my uh, for my personal leagues to kind of drive things up, I will um, I keep like an Excel sheet of the the draft board and I'll just throw it out there randomly as the commissioner and just say, hey, this is what the draft board currently looks like. Mm. And just get people kind of thinking about draft picks and things like that. I like, that. I like that. And, yeah. and then I'll I'll do like I'll do the not just my trade block, I'll do the trade block Tuesday. So I'll just do a screen record, run through everybody's trade block and say, everybody update your trade blocks. I'm gonna send out a little advertisement later and then I'll throw in the group chat and it's just everybody, not just mine, it's everybody's. Um, just to get the group talking, but I know that I'm going to be more active than most of the people in there. So if somebody does say, yeah, Hey, who needs a running back? I'm going to benefit from that. Cause I'm going to be the, one of the first people that responds. So it's not just, you know, just doing your own individual stuff, but it's just getting the whole league going. Cause if Scott sees a trade, he's going to have an itch to make a trade. So it doesn't, yep. it benefits you action benefits. Well, I was even going to say that we've all seen that where a trade like kind of shakes the cobwebs loose and you start to see the floodgates open. Right. I think the, I think it was last season. There was a, a league that I was in. There were no trades in the entire league until week eight. And then I think there were eight trades in week eight, and nine combined. And it yeah. was just like, just everybody just started making moves. And it was like, it was silent, dead silent. There was nothing in the chat. Like everybody was just like, Hey, good win this week. And no, that was it. It was just bland and generic. And then I remember I made a trade with someone. It was a pretty big trade. I forget exactly what it was now. But then like two hours later, the next one comes through. And then like two days later, the next one, it was just like, oh, here we go. Okay, this is what yep. we're looking for. And I was involved, I think, in three of those eight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like sending offers. I'm like, let's go. Let's do this. And it just, you know, starts to warm the whole crowd up. So I love that idea. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Scott, though, do you have any of those leagues where it's just like stale, stagnant, annoying? And then it just sort of, like you said before, like just it happens. It just all kind of clicks. So one, one of my favorites is uh, I, 
my, you know, one, one thing that I love about dynasty is sharing and growing the game. Right. And so I've been in a redraft league with guys that I've known from high school and college for 20 years or something like that. Right. And uh, I was like, all right, guys, listen, it's time for you guys to get in a dynasty. We need to do a dynasty league. Let's do this. You know, we do, we do the, we get enough people together. We're kind of scrounging the last few guys. Cause it's like, Oh, we got to get to 12, you know, who's, who's going to be interested enough. Right. And so there were a couple fringe guys there, let's be honest. But uh, we went and we literally went the entire year. We did our startup, I think in like August. And we went the entire year without a single trade, yep. uh, which is just hilarious. A dynasty league with no trade. Now for me, it was wonderful. I mean, I absolutely oh, yeah. crushed. I dominated <laughs> wire to wire, most points championship. I was like, this is awesome. Like, cool. You guys don't want to trade? I'll crush you. You know, so like, I kind of felt bad. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, uh, we replaced a couple guys couple of trades were made and now ever since it's just been super active and fun so it is it is kind of to me i'm convinced that it's really it is about uh i mean having a great commissioner like dave i what i just learned is i need to have david commission all my leagues because right. like what what he's talking about there is awesome i've never seen anyone do that how many leagues am i in i've never seen anyone do that so that's yeah. that's really cool um i do have commissioners that are fun and active and they keep the chat alive and you know, they do fun things and um, we even have local ones where we like get together and watch the games and stuff. Yeah. Like obviously when you're able to have that camaraderie and that rapport, you can definitely make trades and get things done. But when you're in a safe leagues and you don't, you don't know these guys, like what are you, what are you going to do? Right. And so. I feel like there are some orphans that come up in that. And that's always a good time when you get trades too, because somebody just took over a team that they don't care about at all. Right. Yeah. So like when that happens, but at the same time, if you have, like you just said it, if you have a startup in August, the valuations haven't changed much. You know what I mean? So it right. makes total sense that you're not moving there. Right. But again, if you have a startup in May, right. And you have the rookies all in there and everything by between May and August, you could have some valuation change and that's when trades start to happen. But yeah, during the season, you see the most of it, I think. And, and I do a lot of trading and especially I love trading in the off season. It's one of my favorite things. Like on a slow Wednesday in June, I'll just like pull up a league and be like, let me send an offer to every team. You know what I mean? Just like, let me just, why not? Let's see what happens. You know? But during the season, it's like there's so many things going on. There's lineups, there's waivers, there's content creation, there's podcasts to listen to. There's all this stuff going on. It gets tricky. Um, but no, I love some of that stuff, David. And I am a commissioner. I might do some of that. I like that idea where it's like, you know, let's let's keep the league moving here. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's all about creating an ecosystem, um, you know, and as a commissioner, you obviously want to make sure that you are, you know, like I had a couple couple guys, you know, like yesterday, the guy starts off the conversation like, you guys are all scared. You None of you guys are, are making trades. And it's kind of the reverse psychology. And he was yeah. trying to provoke <laughs> trades. But he was just provoking people. And they were all getting kind of pissed. Like, hey, man, just because we don't take your shitty trade offers doesn't mean we don't yeah. like the trade. It got a little riled up. And then as the commissioner, I came in and just I said, hey, just a reminder for everyone out there. This is the franchise tag amounts for next year because we're a contract league and the average 10 salaries. So I said, so if you're selling anybody that has a 1.5 contract, because this is what you could tag them at, because, you know, people are like, I'm not going to give a whole, I'll give a first round pick for someone that's got an expiring contract. Right. But if it's Josh Allen and I can tag him for 26 K, I might do that. You know, he's on my team, so I can't, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I just want to, I kind of threw, threw that out there. Then boom, next thing you know, the guy that provoked everybody, he got a trade done. There you um, go. 
So, but it's creating that, you know, environment. It's fun. It's not, you know, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, the, the, those little, the draft board, it just gets people going because they see like, oh, right now I'm, I'm, I'm pick eight or I don't have a first round pick and I want yeah. one. And so they get that itch to, to do it. And it no, definitely I'm, gets people going. I'm definitely doing that in my league. This, if not, maybe not tomorrow, I'm kind of busy, but maybe next week, like before the trade deadline, that's a smart move just to be like, Hey, reminder, here's what it looks like if the season ended right now. You know what I mean? Like that just kind of gets people talking. I love it. I love it. Well, I guess, was there anything else you wanted to rant about in there, Scott? I know we had some other things, but we're at an hour already. Let's kind of keep it moving. But do you have anything you want to get into before we do find me a trade? Yeah, no, I got a few shots in there. We can we can move on to find me a trade. Um, just just real real quick, the last thing uh, we're talking about some of these trades we made here. Um, I'm curious your guys' opinion on this one because it's 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 real it's 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 weird. There was a weird reaction from the league, but I have a lot of Jalen Hurts shares, and I think he's a terrible NFL quarterback, and I don't think he's long for a starting job. And uh, I've kind of lost, you know, Acres and Dobbins and um, whole bunch. It's it's just been a, a wreck, right? And so I basically there were a couple small pieces, but it, it, it was essentially hurts for Watson, straight up, basically mm. is what it came down to. And so my my theory was uh, literally the first comment was like, well, that's an interesting trade. Um, <laughs> it is and. And yeah, you think because it's two, we're two terrible teams. We're like the two worst teams in the league. And here we are like trading quarterbacks like in week nine, like, you know, so it's definitely a gamble. Um, but I just feel like is if you if you had a lot of hurt shares and you or any player, take any player, do you is the gamble worth it? Does it make sense? Not I mean, that you would do it, but does the logic make sense? The logic makes sense. I totally get the logic, especially if you're rebuilding and, and you're not really, you know, you don't really care too much about this year. I think that there is some potential for Watson to do more in the future than Hurts. I mean, I, I don't know if if I want to say that too confidently because we don't quite know how that's going to settle, sure. but Hurts may sure. not have a job next year either, right? If you're not a good NFL quarterback, you don't tend to get a lot of opportunities except for Jameis Winston. And he had to get LASIK to get a second chance, which, you know, that's not ideal. So, I mean, there's well, there's a couple of different, you know, a couple of different ways you could look at it. But I think value wise and, and logic wise, I get the trade. I mean, I would probably rather have Hertz myself, but I, I mean, I don't hate it. So here's the gamesmanship of it. We're both the, like the worst teams. But now he's getting a guy who's scoring a ton of points and I'm getting right. a guy who's not. Right. So now I'm going to have lower higher pick. points. Right. Right. And, that's kind and of, so it, that, 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 that kind of it. was yeah. the kicker for me of like. Yeah, this is probably a dumb trade, but if I end up with the one on one next year, you know, you never have to use it. You can always, you know, trade. And so by that time, maybe we'll know more about Watson, right? And so then we can make some decisions. So I just felt like I gave myself more options. I don't, so, I don't mind that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a fine trade. It's a it was fun. It's fun. <laughs> hey, wait, that's the reason we do this, right? It's supposed to be fun. I mean, it's same like with my Keenan Allen trade I mentioned. Like, I just wanted another first. You know what I mean? Like, I just at this point, I don't want the points. Like, just give me the picks. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just I'm done with these guys. <laughs> and nobody was sending offers that made any sense. And I'm like, eh, you know what? This will be fun. But that's the whole thing, right? Have fun with it. So speaking of fun, one of our listeners submitted their league this week. It's a sleeper league, which whew, these are always fun to get through. But this one's a unique one. Uh, submitted by Ed Franz at Ed underscore Franz. Thanks for submitting your league, Ed. Um 
it's a it's a unique one in the sense that it's not one that we usually do. We we don't do a lot of leagues like this. And I felt like maybe yeah. it'd be a good one for us to because we always end up getting into like Superflex, tight end premium, and like all these big. Not every listener it does these leagues, right? Some people are in different leagues. So this one's a 10-team, one QB league, which I think is very unique in the sense that we rarely talk about 10-team leagues. We rarely talk about one QB very much anyway. So I felt like this would be a good stretching of our muscles, right? Let's go, let's find this guy a trade. So it's a start nine with 10 teams. So it's also kind of a short starting roster in a way, but it's yeah. QB, two running back, two receiver, tight end, and three flex. Uh, it is a four-point passing TD and PPR, so there are some different add-ons there. Um, Ed sent this as his take on the team. It's in a productive struggle. He drafted it this past summer. Uh, he said, this season I purposely traded back and tried to acquire picks and young talent in the draft. He said he's tried to make some moves that would just bring me to long-term value, completely ignore the year, the need to win year one. And looking at his team, I like what he did with that logic. Uh, it definitely looks like a team that is not looking to win this year, but that's okay. He's got some youth. Uh, he'd like to continue losing this season while still building for the future. That productive struggle, such a good idea. Um, and so his thing here is he, he just wants to see if there's anything we can do now or maybe before the season's over, that, like what moves can he make? So I, I'll i go last. Let's uh, Scott, why don't we start with your trade since David's the guest. Why don't you start with yours and, and kind of what were your thoughts? How did you build this trade? Yeah. So I'm not going to go through was... the team, by the way. I'm not going to bother. It's it's too annoying on, on Sleeper, but – just trust us. This team has some good pieces, but the trade is more important than the the, the league. Yeah, I, I I like I like what he's done. I mean, it was interesting in not only the format, but also uh, we're mostly dealing with middling teams and helping middling teams make decisions where to go or help contenders right. find that piece, right? And we really haven't done one like this, so right. um, it was very unique um, from that sense. But basically. What it came down to for me, uh, I like a lot of the pieces. I like his strategy here. Um, it is a strategy I've been successful with in the past, but it's hard to necessarily identify like what you want to do. Like if you have eight picks, you know, then you can say, well, I could trade, you know, two of them for somebody or something, you know, but um, I, I don't want to give the picks away yet based on what he's doing here. So what I was looking at, was being a non-tight end premium. I thought, you know, I love TJ Hawkinson. He's one of my favorites. I have him very highly ranked. However, uh, being not premium, only being 10 teams, though, it was kind of challenging to find, you know, it's almost like every team had one good tight end, right? So it was kind of like, uh, I don't know which direction to go here. The nice thing is being in year one, it looks like most of the team's have some sort of chance here right so he can yep. kind of go any direction and, and pick a team um the one that i ended up finding he has logan thomas on ir but we don't know what's happening there if he's coming back um their quarterback situation is fits coming back what's going on with that offense uh the team is much worse than we thought it was thomas is older as it is uh, he has Higby filling in, and then we just had this OBJ trade that that may have some effect there. So I kind of thought this would be the best opportunity for him um, to trade, make the trade with SSJ Leo, and throw Hawkinson over. Um, now he has Acres on IR, and Acres is we've talked about this on this podcast that the odds are that Akers will not come back from this or not come back in a productive, meaningful way. However, 
if you guys have been paying attention, there's all sorts of videos out there of him running around and doing all this stuff. Well, that is fantastic because I will be selling. I will be selling. And, and it may not be right now. It may be somewhere down the line. Um, and so even with this productive struggle, I'd like to find injured players. And so in this case, I thought, you know, trying to get acres might be a nice piece that then if he likes acres, cool, he can fit them in his plan. Or as we get into draft season next year, or the hype builds, uh, he would be able to move them for another piece that he likes. Um, I would have probably tried to make some sort of deal there with for acres and Elijah Moore, but Moore just broke out. So it's it's might be hard to make that move, especially since the guy kind of needs wide receivers as well. Um, so what I what I came up with was uh, Hawkinson and Gallup for Acres and more is is where I would throw that out. I think Gallup coming back, Hawkinson right now it gives the team he's trading with the opportunity to move up and compete this year, and then obviously for our guy who has a a great team name by the way, um, he would get potential pieces there to to play with down the line. And that's really all you can do at this point is continue gathering assets and put yourself in position to make a move probably in 23 with this team. But again, keep acquiring those assets so that you can make those moves when it's time. Well, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I do think I, I should mention at least some of the players he's got. I feel like it's not really fair to do this. He's got fields and Watson are his kind of quarterbacks in a one QB league. I don't mind having, you know, a little bit weaker quarterbacks. You can usually acquire them pretty easily. So I don't mind that. I mean, you can get a guy thrown in on some trades. It's worth starting. He's got DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams as his young running backs. I don't mind that at all. He's got CeeDee Land, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy. You know what I mean? Like a pretty solid young receiving core. Love it, yeah. I, again, in Hawkinson, like you said, at tight end, like he's he's built for the future more than now. I totally agree with that. And I think, too, he's got, uh, if I'm, he's got Dobbins on IR on his own team, which is another, you know, again, young running back. His draft picks, he's got two firsts and a second and a third or whatever, but he's got two firsts and 22. He's already got uh, four firsts and 23, and it looks like there are some pending trades where he might be even trading more for 23 to kind of get in that Bijan lottery. But again, in a 10-team league, if you think about it too, like a late first is an eighth pick perhaps. You know what I mean? That that, that context changes a little bit in that yeah. late area. They're all kind of middle at that point. So every pick is a little bit better. Even if you're getting the best team, you're still 10th. That's not that bad in a normal 12-team mindset. So mine was very similar, which is what I was going to jump on next and do something in the same vein where Elijah just broke out, but I prefer Elijah to a, to some of the other receivers he's got on his team, especially on his bench when he's got guys like Jalen Darden and S- Simi Fihoko and J- Josh Palmer. Like These right. guys are just like, I don't think any of them are going to see the starting lineup. He's really shallow after those first few. And so I'm looking at it like this class is supposed to have a lot of receivers and he's got two firsts, but I want another one. I'm looking for a first, another, give me another first. And I think what, what I've seen from Jerry Judy has been underwhelming and I'm not saying that he's a bust and I'm not saying I don't like him, but I'm saying there are people out there that are hardcore Jerry Judy fans. So I was going to make the same with the trade, same trade partner with SSJ Puleo. And I was going to send Judy for Elijah Moore in his first. And this guy is seven and one. Our our team here is one and eight. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not winning anything. He's gonna have the first. He's starting Tyree Jackson at quarterback. Correct. He is starting Ty- <laughs> which I think is a bold move, but in a stru- productive struggle, I love it because uh, you're not gonna get any points from that. But at the same time, I like the idea of getting Elijah Moore and a first for Judy if you can pull it off. Not everybody would agree with that logic. That might feel too much. 
but more is a little bit hit or miss that you know this other guy could look at it and say more just broke out maybe now's the time to get out maybe he thinks judy's a better long-term asset he's looking at it like my late first and a one qb i don't i mean that's not worth that much so i mean i i think that's the same kind of trade you're talking about there scott is you know, getting rid of a little bit, but not a lot, and then potentially adding a lot. And I think more is a terrific target. So, David, what do you think about both of those before you jump into your trade? Yeah, well, the interesting thing is um, my, I, I offered kind of two options for my trade, and they both were very similar because I talked yeah. about Hawkinson and I talked about Judy, um, which I think, you know, you could probably swap more in there, but you might have to wait a little bit because Moore's he's a he's a hold right now because he's just – He's on the downward. Um, but there's people out there that think Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson are going to be the Denver Broncos starting quarterback next year. So there's people that are really excited about Jerry Judy. And those those people could be very well right. I mean, nobody – we didn't know it all back when Jerry was going to go to the Rams. They could be <laughs> right, and we could see that. Or, or they could be sitting with Teddy Bridgewater again and wish they would have got under it. So – um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it's, it's a great move. You're getting Elijah Moore plus the pick. Um, you're also, you know, you're, you're, you're able, you could, you could flip Elijah Moore if you wanted to, but you could easily, uh, turn that, you know, turn Elijah Moore in that pick, um, into equivalent to Judy. And then with Hawkinson and the trade below, again, you're, you're acquiring acres and you're, you're hoping that next year someone is is willing to pay you, uh, you know, first round pick for Acres um, when they see the hype videos. Well, and I think too, and, and this is something again. I know Scott's mentioned this too. Is you don't have to make these picks, right? Like I, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like well, the 22 class isn't that strong, so I don't want any of those players, so I'm not trading for picks. That logic is flawed to me. There are people out there that will, and we see it happen. How many years have we seen this happen where the class is terrible, and then you get to the rookie season, and it's like. Oh man, okay. I gotta be. I went back in now, and now they're willing to pay a premium, right? It happens oh, yeah. every year. I mean, rookies are always the fresh. Rookie new fever thing. is a real oh, thing. Come April, it's gonna be like these guys are the best players of all time. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you don't. You want to act like that's not true, but it's true, right? And at the same time, we've seen this happen, and I've done it myself, where I'm on the clock with the you know eight for one hundred eight, and I end up trading for next year's first and a second or something. You know what I mean? Like you can make moves like that, and you want twenty three anyway. Maybe you're looking at your team like. You know, I'm not really ready in one year. I need a little bit more time. You can make those kind of moves on the clock every time. You don't have to make that trade right now, but you get on the clock and all of a sudden, you know, somebody is there that a guy wanted and he's willing to pay for it. So again, I think that that the picks are just more insulated. And I think we're all on the same page. Get more of the picks if you can get more of the youth without giving up too much of the youth. I mean, none of us are saying to trade Fields or Lamb or anybody like that. We're not saying get rid of your big pieces here. Don't trade Swift. This is one of those teams, too, in a 10-team. I like having running backs more on 10-team leagues, even if I'm rebuilding, because especially if they're young running backs then, because those running backs are going to be how you win this. And, and you Honestly, could turn this around team, in one year. His team could be competitive right now if he wanted it to be. He has no depth. But that lineup that he has, pretty nice. I mean, Field, yeah. Fields is the, the number three quarterback just the last two weeks. So Fields is starting to come on. His quarterback obviously has sucked all year. <laughs> but Hawkinson at tight end with those receivers and running backs, he's got a starting roster for sure. Yeah, and I like it as it, it's a it's a really odd one and eight team, right? It's like that team should be better than that. But the fact that you're not lean into it, 
right? Like, let's try to get a little bit more and build more for the future. I love it. And I think that this team has got some some very serious potential to turn it around in one, maybe two years. And again, for a productive struggle draft where that's kind of your plan, I think he did a great job. I think this team is definitely built for long-term success. And I think a lot of times we don't talk about it too much, but that productive struggle out of the gate, a lot of people don't like doing that. I know we talked about it with Brandon a couple of weeks ago where it's like, give me the win now. And I totally get that logic. I am very much that way. But if you're going to do a productive struggle, this is kind of what you're looking for. Go get a ton of young assets, get a, a, even injured like Dobbins, keep him. Don't trade that guy away. Keep Swift. Keep Javante mm-hmm. Williams. You know, these are the perfect kind of players you want to have because they're going to go up. Swift could be a top three running back next year, right? Yeah. I mean, he could be a stud. And then you got Dobbins and Javante vying for your RB2 or flex. Solid. You know what I mean? Like you're looking great. I think the one thing I would say too is it, in one QB leagues, you rarely see a quarterback go in the first unless it's like a Trevor Lawrence or you know, like a generational talent, but he's got a bunch of seconds. You can get another quarterback there and bolster that backup. You can trade one of those seconds for a, a third and a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like yep. you don't need a quarterback. I don't mind at all starting Watson even. You know what I mean? Like put him in your, who cares? Put him in your starting lineup because it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you've got him on your bench. He'll be somebody next year. That's exactly what you're looking for. This guy has got his eyes on 22 and I love it. So again, Ed, thank you for submitting your team. I think that that we gave you some good ideas. Hopefully, you can get something out of that. Um, just <clears throat> sorry, just so we're uh, we're clear on this too. There was a pending trade that I don't think happened. I think he mentioned this, and I want to make sure I cover this at the end. But he has a pending Ayuk 2023 first that isn't on this roster yet. So he has Ayuk adding to this roster as well, and I think that changes a little bit of that calculus. Like maybe you get Ayuk and you trade him away right away before he. Dumps value. Did he get Ayuk or was he getting the first? I assumed he was trading one of his first for Ayuk, but maybe you're right. Maybe I misread that. And and he submitted this earlier in the week, and maybe that's why he got the extra 23rd or 23 third, but 23 first. I'm sorry. But either way, I mean, like that's either of those assets are fine, whichever one you're getting, even if it's already on your roster. It's it's good future work. So yeah. So we appreciate that, Ed. Thanks for submitting that. Uh definitely keep coming those if if anybody's got a league or got a team where they're unknown what to do. I mean, obviously we're getting close to the trade deadline, so we may not be able to get to it now, but obviously there's a lot of rebuilding teams. I think we're going to see a lot more people submitting their teams uh, as we get into this, you know, non-point scoring season. The contenders know what they want, but the rebuilders have a lot of questions. So if you're rebuilding, if you're one and eight, you're going to be one and nine or something like that. Send us a note, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Andrew Hall FF. Our uh, co-host here tonight, Scott Sidlow, at Scott underscore Sidlow. Our other co-host, Rocky, obviously, at Dynasty FF Addict. Our Junkies podcast, at Dynasty Junkies. You can hit any of us up. Put your name on the list. We can get to your team. But before we go for the for the whole time here, Dave, thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate it. What do you got going on? Where can people find you? And uh, where can people see what you're doing, too? Yeah, it's a Dynasty Dorks, one word. Uh, then Fantasy Football. You can get me on YouTube. You can get me on, on Twitter. Um, and Dynasty Dorks on TikTok. Um, so we're doing some stuff out there as well. Oh, so, for the kids even. Yeah. So um, doing some dancing. No, I'm just kidding. No dancing. Um, a lot of <laughs> memes, a lot of short, funny videos, uh, things like that. But um, so, yeah, check it out. We got a few. Uh, I got one where it's just it's literally just a meme. And I almost got a million, uh, a million views on it. Uh, it was like nine hundred and twenty thousand. No way! Was just it was a stupid meme, and all it is is a <laughs> laughing sound effect in my head. And apparently, people think I look like one of the Watt brothers. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Knock it all you want, but there is a ton of great short form content on Twitter. It is a a terrific app in whatever you want to do. 
if you like videos, if you like comedy, if you like information, I love it. I love it, David. That's the way to do it. And get with the kids, man. Get with the hype. Get where the, the, the eyeballs are going. That's the way to do it. So Yeah, work. I will say Dynasty is way over the kid's head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I put, I, I put a top 10, uh, top 10 out the other day, and um, it was like, you know, top 10 quarterbacks this week. And they're like, you don't have Aaron Rodgers? And I'm like, he's not playing. So he's outside of my top 10. It's a bold um, move, David. Bold yeah. move. I'm like, if he was playing, he'd be closer to 10, I promise. But I have him right now. I said I have him unranked. You know? Smart. Smart. You got to teach them kids too, right? Get them in a dynasty. Why yeah, not? it's uh, it's it's definitely fun. Um, And there's some more people getting on there. Marcus Grant's on there. Yeah. Um, there's some Adam Rank, I know, is on there too. Yep. So. It's fun. There's a lot of good tools. You get to, you know, do, you know, do some different things on there. My kids love it. That's the way to be. All right. Well, again, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate that. Anybody who's still listening to us tonight, we really appreciate you joining us tonight and uh, listening to our podcast here. Uh, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. Do all those things. Smash that like button, as the kids say, right? Uh, follow the DAP Network. There's a bunch of great shows on there. We've got Get Real with Casey Kasem. Like I mentioned, Trade Addicts Pod, the Fantasy Timeline. There's a whole bunch of stuff we're putting out. So, you know, feel free to jump in there. Give us some reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know how we can be better. Uh, but then again, always make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, with that said, I guess, Scott, if you got any mini rants before you take us out of here, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm, I'm done for now. I'll save it for next week. Uh, thanks, Ed, for submitting for Find Me a Trade. Um, we definitely need to do an all FMAT show here coming up soon. Um, that'll That'll be a good time. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for tonight. Thank you so much, David, uh, for David from Dynasty Dorks, for Andrew Hall FF, for our man Rocky, for the DAP Network. I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out. <laughs>